There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Asking Robbins always finds out. I for the faster, baby. Are you Tony's stank? I am Iron Man. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to this brand new show. I am Eduardo, and just to give you a little bit of insight as to what we're doing here today, this is called Assembly Required. And what we're doing is we're doing a retrospective on the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you're here listening to this show, you know what that is. You've seen the Marvel movies, you've lived it, you've breathed it along with the rest of us for the past, uh, what do we got, 12 years? Um... 11 years, excuse me, for the past 11 years. And um, we wanted to take um, the idea that we had with Squad Up and turn it into a new show. But we're going to go through movie by movie and we're going to rewatch the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then we're going to have it basically be a retrospective. We're going to go week by week. We're going to watch a movie at a time and we're going to go deep dive into what the themes are in the movie. We're going to talk about how it affected the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And thankfully, I don't have to do this alone because I'm sure none of you want to hear me alone talk for the next hour, but I do have a great cast here to do with me. First off, I've got Peaches here who is always with me. He's my partner in crime and he's always with me in these things because I don't know. I just kind of sucker him into doing these things. What's up, man? You know, and I always respond to your introduction to me by saying something stupid that has nothing to do with what you said in return. So that would that's going to be no different in this, this podcast. We're going to be just as dumb. <laughs> But in a different way. Um, hey. And, what's up, man? Uh, joining us as well are uh, resident uh, Captain America aficionado and sound lord is here with us. It's Chris. Chris, what's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? It's what's good going to be on, here. man? Glad to be, it's uh, good to be getting on the ground floor on this one. Yeah, I am really psyched for this. And also, we've got a fourth person here. What? Squat up? And the Squad Up Network has four people. What? What's going on? We've got Robbie here. Robbie, what's up, buddy? Hello, 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 hello. Um, <laughs> got him. Stealing catchphrases. Dang. Not much. Just uh, trying to keep dogs out of this recording and collecting hey. on big tariffs. <laughs> <laughs> collecting on big tariffs. Got it. Uh, um, he loves that. For those hey, of you who so listen before, to Squad Up, he loves that. Before we get started, I just want to ask, do any of you want to get out? this air that Chris had said. <laughs> hey. Wow, I didn't know I'd break you all with that. That was, yeah. that was okay, a... well. <laughs> We're starting off strong. Yeah, welcome to so, the show. Welcome to the show. I talked about it a little bit, but it's called Assembly Required. We are going to rebuild the MCU. We're going to reassemble it piece by piece by watching movie after movie and putting back together the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe from Iron Man all the way to Endgame and beyond. Um, we're going to watch just the movies. We're not going to be watching any of the TV shows for now. Um, but eventually, if people, enough people like it, maybe we'll watch the TV shows. Who knows? Um, but as of right now, um, next week, we're going to be starting with Iron Man. But this week, we wanted to do a nice little intro um, video to talk about what qualifies us to talk about Marvel movies. It's pretty obvious that we're all gigantic nerds. Um, but what all what really qualifies us to talk about Marvel in particular and where we all sort of... Um, fell in love with Marvel to begin with. Um, I want to talk about 
the before the movies came out. I want to talk about a, a, a time long ago before there was a Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I want to know what you guys first, what your first Marvel experience was, what really got you into sort of the universe, and if you, if you did beforehand, or if the movies were sort of your introduction into the universe. Um, Peaches, let's start with you since you know how to lead these things off, man. First, I want to know why you think it's obvious that I'm a big nerd. I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious you're a gigantic nerd. And then I'll answer your question. <laughs> I'm holding you <laughs> ransom. <laughs> Hostage. That's not the right phrase. Okay, so uh, leading things off. Great. I actually probably am an okay person to lead this off with because according to our show notes, I have the least investment in anything Marvel before the MCU happened whatsoever. Uh, to be completely frank and honest, it took me until I was about to be an adult. Uh, so I think it was, what, 2008 when Dark Knight came out? Yep. So right. I was like 17 uh, in 2008. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> sorry, Robbie. We, we aged Robbie just now. He grew a gray hair. You didn't see it. Um, I mean, even I feel a little I, old about that. <laughs> I didn't honestly like superhero stuff never really stood out to me all that well. I remember um, playing some video games that were superhero related. Uh, I liked X-Men Legends. We talked about that a lot in our most recent Squad Up episode. Um, a couple other video games here and there, like the arcade version of the X-Men games too, like that kind of stuff. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You can kind of see them as superheroes. They're not Marvel, but they're, you know, they're superheroes. Um, and... Uh, like the X-Men cartoons, uh, you know, -na 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 -na, that show. Uh, I, I watched a lot of that stuff, but it was never an investment where I was super into it. And when the X-Men movies came out, um, I liked those as well, but I didn't really go out of my way to find them. Uh, I really enjoyed the second X-Men movie. Nightcrawler has always been my favorite of the X-Men, and the scene in the very opening of that movie was awesome, but it didn't really compel me to stay invested in the comic book world, Dark Knight came out and it kind of changed everything. I, I really liked Dark Knight. That kind of led into, well, what am I missing about this superhero thing? Why, why haven't I looked into this further? And so um, got kind of excited the next year when Iron Man was getting ready to come out. And or not, I don't think it was the next year, actually. It was 2008, wasn't it? So maybe I just went and saw Iron Man. I don't know the exact timeline, but it started with Dark Knight, turned into... I want to see Iron Man now. And then more Marvel games were starting to pop up as the MCU was kind of coming into realization. So I was playing, you know, like the the freemium games on Facebook. I was playing other uh, superhero related games, that sort of thing. All the Arkham games, not necessarily just Marvel. Um, and that's kind of where my origin was. So it took me a while to get into it, but it was really Dark Knight that pushed me over the edge into enjoying superheroes. And from there, it, it turned into... Well, keep wowing me. Let's see what else wows me. You know, it's really interesting you said that about Nightcrawler because my favorite X-Men is Gambit and it had the exact opposite effect on me. <laughs> yeah, well, I watched <laughs> that Wolverine movie with Gambit in it. Oh, well, man. That Wolverine <laughs> movie was uh, a choice that was made. And uh, Gambit, I you know, I feel bad for you because Gambit's actually my second favorite X-Men character. And... So I'm, maybe I'm right there with you, but the Does justice that they... Real hard? Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they failed to do Gambit any justice in that movie. I, I did. It's kind of embarrassing. Well, they made up for Deadpool. Real quick, I want to know what everyone's favorite X-Men is. Nightcrawler. 
Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, actually, Nightcrawler might be mine, too. He's certainly up there. Yeah, I think that Nightcrawler's yeah. probably mine. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> three Nightcrawlers in While a we're game. talking about Nightcrawler, I remember... I wasn't super into X-Men, and neither was my brother, but he was really into Nightcrawler. He was Nightcrawler for Halloween when he was probably, like, 10 years old. And he had a I mean, pretty... he's a cool teleporting blue guy with a tail. Yeah. Who, who doesn't love that? And I relate and to... It could go with Rogue, but not movie so... Rogue, like comic Rogue. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, I'm a big fan recently of the... Um, they have finally married... Um, rogue and gambit in the comics and some of those comics with them together have been pretty fun but uh nice i'll step back for now because we're still talking about yeah that. no actually chris i want to talk to you because i know that you're a comic book reader i know that you've been following marvel a decent amount before the mcu even even sort of sprung up you'd be surprised really <laughs> yeah. so i i would have pegged you if i hadn't already read the notes uh-huh. as a big as a big comic book reader what yeah you seem to be really invested in it now. So, so what? Uh, what was your experience like? Okay, so my my experience with the uh, with I guess comic book characters in general uh, was I occasionally watched some of the cartoons. I was not like, you know, always watching X Men or Batman the animated series or Spider Man or any of that. You know, I watched them every once in a while. Like I I still get actually nostalgic when I hear the X Men theme song and all that. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, I was not super. Yeah, I appreciated that, uh, <laughs> that shout out there. Uh, my first real introduction to some of those characters, and I've talked to Robbie about this, was through this computer game I had called the Spider-Man Cartoon Maker. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, I understand. I missed some some chat about this at I think after the wedding, or Danny was upset that he didn't know he could have brought it up or something. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, the Spider-Man Cartoon Maker was this really great old Windows program, like Windows 95 or whatever. He is not underselling it. It was great. Yes, it was fantastic. <laughs> what it was, was you, it was exactly what it said on the tin. You could make Spider-Man cartoons. And it was uh, like, it, it was like almost like Microsoft Paint, only you could put in different backgrounds. You could You could draw, first of all. And then they had stamps for like different effects, like smoke and explosions. But they also had like this whole gallery of Spider-Man characters that you would just click and drag them across the screen to make the path. And all of them had like different sound effects that went with them. Uh, like Kingpin, when him walking around, it was like this. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, Mysterio would like go into a cloud of smoke and it made a shimmery sound. And that was actually when I decided I liked Mysterio. I didn't know pretty much anything about him, but since that game, I've been saying, oh, they should put Mysterio in a Spider Man movie. So I am pretty pumped for uh, Far From Home <laughs> just for that. Uh, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Get, yeah, finally get some Mysterio, some of the fishbowl going on. Yeah, oh man, but they. <laughs> Uh, but what was really cool about it was, well, it had some pre-made cartoons, which is how I learned the Spider-Man origin story. And it was narrated by Christopher Daniel Barnes, who was the voice of Spider-Man on the 90s cartoon. And also Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid, uh, for those of you keeping track at home. Uh, so that was how I learned Spider-Man's origin story and how sad that actually was. Um, but yeah, so he, he plays characters that are into redheads. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. See All right. What did there. Uh, I wonder if he is in real life. It's a... I'm going to let you keep asking him that. Yeah, find out if he's married. Um, but uh, um, 
I, I also love just, you, know, you could put music in to every scene. Uh, you could record your own dialogue or whatever, which is what I do all the time. And I remember like trying to like, you know, as a kid, I was like, okay, so we've got an establishing shot of Oscorp uh, and we're going to have two seconds of the theme play, but now we're going to cut to this next scene that is inside and we'll have the music. You know, I was always trying to make things that are a little more elaborate than they should have been. But anyway, yeah, so that was how I got to know some of the Spider-Man characters. Um, played some of the arcade games. Uh, I remember the X-Men game. I remember Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Uh, so, you know, play those every once in a while. But I mostly played that because I was like, oh, hey, Mega Man and Spider-Man. That's neat. You know, I was kind of got into that. Eventually, the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies came out. And I was like, oh, I want to see that. That looks good. And it was good. Uh, it was very good. So, got into those movies. And uh, um, I saw the first couple X-Men movies. I actually... Up until a couple of years ago, I had only seen the first two X-Men movies. Oh, you were so lucky. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't need to keep going after that. <laughs> yeah. I, um, but then I, they had, I, I saw at Target or something, they had a Blu-ray collection of the first three X-Men movies and the two Wolverine movies that had come out to that point for $25. And I was like, well, I know I'm getting two good movies with this at least. And I've been watching the rest. So, uh, so I did event. Although I actually still have not watched the Wolverine or Logan yet. So I need to fix that. Watch Logan. Yeah. Cause I've heard I need great to see things Logan. about Logan. The Wolverine isn't bad either. Yeah. I actually like the Wolverine. Yeah. But I have seen X-Men Origins for some reason. Oof. That's you know, actually weird. the main reason I watch is that I wanted to appreciate Deadpool more when I finally saw that. Oh, I God. thought you were going to say even... you wanted to see Will I Am as a, as a teleporter. Well, that was the other thing. I mean, when I heard <laughs> that was part of it. And this is my Cowboy only chance to see the blob in a movie, probably. So, uh, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was I enjoyed the the Spider Man movies. Um, you know, the the two Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, and um, then uh, I remember. Well, we'll talk about the MCU a little bit, but that was kind of my uh, thing. And up up before the MCU really started, the only comics I'd ever read. Uh, superhero comics where I had read a couple Batman comics because I was really enjoying the Nolan Batman movies. Um, but I was like, oh yeah, I, I was like, Marvel's cool. I, uh, but I was like, oh, but it really Batman is my favorite. And uh, we'll talk about part two of that when we get to the Marvel movies. And I've been talking for a long time. So Robbie, go. <laughs> Eduardo didn't pick me next. You can go next. That's fine. <laughs> what is the question? I don't even remember. <laughs> It was what, what was, what was our of... prior um, influence with Marvel characters and kind of the oh, Marvel okay. universe. Okay, and sorry. Um, I was, honestly, as far back as I can remember, I was exposed to Marvel and a Marvel fan. I think it was just the right age. Like, honestly, I think late 80s and early 90s is when Spider-Man was at its best. And so I was that age where Spider-Man was fantastic. Um, so I was reading Spider-Man comics. I think, I think my older brother probably introduced me to them, but I don't remember exactly when I got into Spider-Man, but I know I was subscribed to amazing Spider-Man. Um, so I was someone that had amazing Spider-Man showing up to his door, uh, twice a month. And I had, I would pick up spectacular anytime I was interested in it. I was subscribed to something called Spider-Man magazine that was targeted at children, but was just a magazine about Spider-Man. I had uh, Spider-Man toys. Uh, when the cartoon came out, it was not... I was not, wow, this is an interesting cartoon I've suddenly been exposed to. I was excited and hyped for it from when it was announced and following and getting ready for that cartoon and 
setting my alarm to wake me up in time to watch it in the morning. I was playing Spider-Man Cartoon Maker, and as Chris was talking about Spider-Man Cartoon Maker, all the sound effects from that were in my head. Like, I was an intense Spider-Man fan um, through childhood. And I still really am. I know I now I pick up comics when I'm interested in them, when I'm interested in that run. Um, I read them here and there, but I'm not necessarily what I was as a kid of someone who consumed all Spider-Man media he could. I had, for the Super Nintendo, I had the Spider-Man game based on the cartoon. I had Maximum Carnage, which is an underrated game. Um, I was... So Spider-Man was most of my interest in Marvel. And then the other character, the other Marvel characters, I was aware of pretty much all of them. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy are probably the only MCU characters that I didn't have some awareness of as a kid. But my awareness of them was mostly they'd show up in Spider-Man comics. I'd sometimes pick up Avengers comics because sometimes Spider-Man was in the Avengers. Uh, You know, he was a part-time Avenger. Now, X-Men I was exposed to as well. I had some X-Men comics and I watched the cartoon religiously. As much as I like the Spider-Man cartoon, I think as big a Spider-Man fan as I was, I liked the X-Men cartoon more as a kid. Um, and then I was excited for the Spider-Man, for the Raimi films. I was following them all the way through production, but I never bought into most other Marvel films um, becoming movies until the first one changed my mind. Uh, and we'll get to that. But I was I was there with at least the universe as far back as I can remember, it never really quit. You know, it's so interesting. Um, Peaches didn't necessarily, (laughs) Peaches didn't necessarily have a a Marvel background. Um, Both Chris and Robbie both sound like they had fairly substantial Marvel beginnings. For me, I think I watched a lot of Spider-Man, but I I don't think I, I sort of chose. I think I, and I was like this for a long time, and I think I still lean this way for a long time for, I have for a long time. I leaned a lot more into DC comics I was a really big Green Lantern fan. I really liked Batman. I really liked everything DC was doing. Justice League was my favorite show when I was a kid. I loved Justice League. That original Justice League and then Justice League Unlimited. Um, both of those shows were fantastic. And it's interesting because it was those shows that sort of got me into watching the Spider-Man animated series that got me into watching X-Men. And then eventually it got me into playing games like Maximum Carnage. It got me into playing games like the Arkham games. And little by little, I started becoming more and more aware of superheroes and sort of the, the, where they came from, where they were going. But I wouldn't say I was well-versed in them until the MCU came out, came about. Um, I think I was significantly more versed in what was happening in DC rather than what was going on with Marvel to the point where um, when Thanos first came out, I was like, is that dark side? Why is dark side on the TV or on the movie screen right now? What's going on? And then I looked it up and looked up the relationship between Thanos and dark side and how one is, you know, um, I believe it was Thanos is, uh, is the the, dark side came first. Yeah. Dark side came first. Dark side came first. It's also similar to um, Metron. Metron. Um, and so little similarities like that, I would always be like, oh, that's the DC version or that's the Marvel version of this this DC thing over here, um, which is really interesting. And I I don't think I really had that type of type of exposure until the movie actually the movies actually came out. Now, Peaches, you already talked about how Dark Knight really piqued your interest in the movies in general and um, how you sort of started with that superhero beginning i think i'm in the same boat that superhero beginning um was iron man the the, the first movie to, 
to make you be like, all right, this is a series that I'm watching or it was it the first one to make you be like, I'm watching all of these MCU movies or what was the first movie that really got you to be like, after this movie, you were like, all right, every MCU movie that comes out from now on, I'm going to watch. No, you know what? I don't, I don't even know that anything really budged me that hard until Avengers was announced. So Dark Knight is what kind of started it where I was like, okay, superheroes are kind of cool. And even in fact, before that, I, I remember having a very distinctly, and I'll say this right now, wrong opinion that I, I was in the group of people who would not accept that Batman was a superhero. I was in the group of, of people that was like, Batman has money. He's not a superhero. Just everybody stop being so stupid. I'm, I'm upset that I used to be that way. Uh, but after I got into it that way, I just, it was more of a, okay, I guess I'll give these films a chance. It wasn't a, I'm going to go out of my way to see them. It was, I'm going to give these a chance. In fact, I didn't see any of the phase one of the MCU in theaters, except for Avengers. I only saw Avengers in theaters. I saw Iron Man. I think the first time I saw Iron Man, I was like, just hanging out with my friend. Um, like in his basement or something. And we watched Iron Man. Um, I didn't see Thor until like right before Avengers was going to come out. Uh, I didn't even bother seeing Captain America. I honestly thought that Captain America was a little, a little lame for a while. Um, I know. I I don't mean this with any disrespect. Like obviously my feelings on this have changed. It's just a lot of these superheroes. Like I was not a huge fan of Hulk either. I was like, Dude doesn't even have like any laser beams or anything. He just like gets bulky and punches people. This is stupid. And Avengers is really what changed my thought on a lot of these characters. But it was it was one of those things where I watched Iron Man. I liked it fine. Uh, you know, didn't really bother with the rest of them. And then when Avengers was announced, when when they announced that it was officially happening, and I saw trailers for it, and everyone around me was getting hype about it because. At the time, when Avengers was getting ready to come out, I had just been working... Was this 2012 Avengers, right? Yeah. 2012? This was, like, fresh into me working at the place that the the four of us all kind of worked together at the same time. And at that location, um, everybody around us was also, in their own way... They were all huge nerds about different things. Like the place we worked is just a collection of a lot of nerds from different lines of nerddom. And everyone around us was all getting hype about all this stuff, too. And, you know, it was, I think, partially a mix of I don't want to be the one that's not hype about this. But also maybe there's something more to this that I'm just not uh, accepting or whatever it is. And, you know, once I got on the Avengers hype train, then it was, all right, let's get back to square one. Let's watch all these movies. Um, And since Avengers, the only movie that I have missed in the MCU in in theaters is Thor The Dark World. And I actually, I think this is possibly kind of interesting since we're going to be watching every one of these movies. Uh, I actually still haven't seen Thor The Dark World because I was told not to bother seeing it, even though I really liked the MCU at that point. And I said, okay, if I don't need to know anything about it, I won't put it high on my priority list. And then it was out of theaters before I you know, could make it in time. So and then Endgame um, came out. <laughs> yeah, right. right. And hinged heavily on the movie that everyone and I, thought was the weakest. And I still knew what I needed to know from it, I think. So, um, you know, it, it, I think really I give credit for really unlocking 
how much I enjoy Marvel now to the Avengers film. Dark Knight got it started, but Avengers really kept it going and also amplified how much I cared about this stuff because, you know, that came out and like right before Avengers came out, half of us are playing Marvel Avengers Alliance on Facebook and that kept that going too. That was a lot of fun. Um, I rip played them, bring it back. I wish you would. Um, but yeah, I, I can't imagine now missing a Marvel movie. I, I, it's just as weird to me. Why would I miss a movie in the MCU? Even if someone says that it's not great, I, I will not make that mistake again. Unless I die on the way to the theater, you know, it's, not to be ominous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting that you say that because I don't think my experience was exactly the same. I think I remember really enjoying the Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton, and it's what? interesting because I was no, just good. first off. Yeah, it's, it's, I actually really enjoy that. Movie. Yeah, it is actually um, good. I'll defend it. No, but I mean, um, at the time, was it good to you? I know it was. So to be fair, at the time, I was just on a big Edward Norton kick. I had just seen Fight Club for the first time. And I watched, um, what was that other movie he was in? American History X. Do you guys remember that movie? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I didn't see it. Watch. Yeah. That movie makes me uncomfortable just to think about. Yeah. That movie's a tough movie to watch. Um, but he's really good in that. And I actually really liked his portrayal of Bruce Banner. And it took a while for me to even come around on Mark Ruffalo because I actually really liked Edward Norton, what Edward Norton was doing. Um, yes, Robbie, you have your hand. But, but you I need to ask you, I have to ask you, because Edward Norton was great, but I need to ask, would you picture him in the MCU as it's become? Can you see no. Edward Norton in that? No. I just wanted to At ask time, someone that because I find that to be an interesting thought process. It was, it, it was, a, it was a, a compound of a few different things. One, where I was in my life at the time. At the time, things that were dark and brooding and mysterious and someone who was tortured on the inside oh, really spoke to me. Bio. You know, yeah. now that I'm like how I am now, I just want whoever's going to be the funniest. Yeah. But at the time, <laughs> I wanted, you know, someone who had a lot go they were going through and they needed to overcome adversity. And that was just the type of Bruce Banner that I liked. I also really liked the Hulk movie because I, to this day, am still in love with Liv Tyler. And, you know. And I'm a big What are you going to do about it? So, uh, yeah, I, does, I, I get it. No. Does but I want to say, uh, I think she does. I want to say okay. the movie that really made it click for me, that made me want to watch every single MCU movie, I want to say it was Ant-Man. Something about ant-man and how refreshing ant-man was in a time where all the mcu movies i think i had just watched um i think we had just watched age of ultron and so the movies had just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and they were the stakes were getting bigger and the universe was at stake and everything just kept getting so much bigger and then there was this movie uh, about ant-man that no pun intended was smaller right it was a smaller movie and that's i think it was by that way by design you know it was supposed to be the smaller tale of a smaller universe and i i first off love paul rudd forgetting sarah marshall is one of my favorite movies and i love you man is also right up there um and two i think the character was just such a breath of fresh air over sort of the tone of where marvel was and i think you could credit ant-man and paul rudd for the tone of Marvel movies moving forward, because a lot of what happened in that movie set the tone for what was going to happen later. Not necessarily with plot, but with the way um, Paul Rudd has quips and things like that. They sort of take 
Paul Rudd's like juice and inject it into the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, you know, like Paul Rudd's thing, like, you know how he is, like the like dorky dude, you know, like his like thing, like he's just, he is Paul Rudd, right? Like you can't like, you try to, they've essentially tried to like put that in a bottle and replicate it and use it for the rest of the MCU, which is I think where they've sort of pivoted their humor in that direction. Part of it has to do, it's like, um, it's like they, when they created vision, they took, they took Paul Rudd and they took Robert Downey Jr. and mis- mixed a little bit of Chris Pratt in there. And that's essentially the humor they got for the rest of the MCU. But it took a little bit, I think, of rinse and repeating to get there. So the actual hashtag, by the way, is uh, Paul Rudd's juice. This <laughs> hashtag Paul Rudd's juice. If you like this episode, make sure you you shout us out on Twitter with Paul Rudd's juice. Rudd juice doesn't come in a jar. I, okay, from who you are. So it doesn't seem like you guys necessarily agree with me that the that uh, Ant Man was the awakening of the MCU. But I want to hear what you guys. I was where, where your guys' I was just was. mostly surprised because that's so late in the game for you. Right, know, that's mine. Awakening. That was my well, sure, absolutely. I actually I yeah. love Ant Man. I think it's underappreciated, and I'll save some of these thoughts for the Ant Man episode. But I did appreciate how it was a. And again, it's hard to say what without sounding like you're trying to be cute, but it is a smaller scale movie. I mean, a good deal of it takes place in the suburbs and that's not something you really see in any of the other Marvel movies or other superhero movies in general. And it's the story of a man trying to do right by his daughter. And, you know, it's, I really like that. Like I, Ant-Man and the Wasp feels like a supersized episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to me. And I don't mean that in a bad way either. You know, it's, you know, they find someone who's having a problem and they help that person and sci-fi wackiness happens all in the meantime. Um, but yeah, that's, that was, that was what my surprised face was not that, Oh yeah. God, Ant-Man. It was oh, I mean, wow, that late. That was what it was. we're going to set this off right now before we end up talking about it in episodes. But to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the Iron Man movies. Yeah, and so part of that is going to be why I didn't necessarily because a lot of because think about the first and second phase and we're already getting into a deep discussion here but think about the first and second phase and think about what were the big movies in that phase you had the original Thor you had the original Captain America and then you had the original Iron Man talk about those movies the definitely the winner is the original Iron Man and I will say I enjoyed the original Iron Man I didn't enjoy Iron Man 2 or 3 did anyone? Um, well 2 I, I, I enjoyed three. 3 I enjoyed 3 a lot yeah, I don't think too. I, I don't think I enjoyed either one of them. I don't think I enjoyed Thor: The Dark World. I did enjoy Winter Soldier, um, and then I did not enjoy Age of Ultron. What was el- what Guardians. else was in there? Uh, Guardians, and I enjoyed Guardians, but Guardians felt like its own thing to me yes. at the time when Guardians came out. I thought Guardians was over here and the MCU was over here. Eventually, we got to a point where they were together. But at first, I thought they were two separate buckets. So at the time, the only movies that were real winners for me were the original Iron Man and um, Winter Soldier. But besides that, I hadn't really found like the rest of the movies. I I, I like I enjoy some of the uh, Captain America. Like I enjoyed the original Captain America. I think I enjoyed the original for Thor for the time being. I did not enjoy Dark World, and so. I don't think I'd found a movie that I really clung to. I talk about this all the time, but I fell asleep while watching Age of Ultron in the movie theater. <laughs> During the last fight scene, I knocked out, and I don't actually remember what happens there. I haven't seen it since. So maybe in a rewatch, it, it, it holds up a little better, 
But I think Ant-Man is really where that MCU will... And I think that's where the MCU finds its tone. Because I think up until then, it hadn't really like nailed its tone yet. So I, I, I don't want to cut too much into uh, you know, Robbie and Chris's time for this segment. But I will say that um, I'm trying to think through it. And I think I agree with you that Ant-Man helped set the tone. I think it was... I think it was attempted to start with a lighter tone with Guardians. And I think they got to Ant-Man and they said, okay, it works with Guardians. Can we do it a little, maybe not better, but can we do it again successfully with a different character? And when they did, I mean, really in phase three, you don't really see a movie in phase three that doesn't have some sort of humor sprinkled throughout it. I mean, that's kind of the thing with Marvel now is that like, all of them have some sort of humor sprinkled in, even in the serious bits. There are times when characters are still kind of quipping and, and making light of situations. And it's it, for the most part in Marvel movies, it's in, it's in really good taste. So I would say that Ant-Man, it, maybe if I don't necessarily agree that it was the movie to kick it off, I think that it significantly helped. So that's all I'll go into that because we can talk about that in the Ant-Man episode. Now, Robbie, I want to hear this point because you just wrote it down, but I think I agree that the humor was attempted in Ultron. It just wasn't good. It just yeah, wasn't I just, good. I just think it's interesting to say when you guys are saying, and you're not necessarily wrong, it's just interesting to me that the humor was really coming on with Ant-Man because to me, there was a lot of talk at the time of Ultron that one of the problems with Ultron was how quippy the movie was and at times when it shouldn't be quippy and Ultron just felt disarmed as a character from one of the darkest and scariest Marvel villains that exists. And we'll get to this in the Ultron episode, but they turned him into a quip fest. And I think I felt like the Marvel universe, like that, that thing we all said, said about Ragnarok, like, okay, it's good, but maybe, maybe Marvel's too much of a comedy now. And you know, we weren't necessarily correct at the time. Um, I felt that way with Ultron and I felt it was becoming a little bit too comedic with Ultron. And I think they just, they were already heading that comedic direction. They just found a better way of handling it in phase three. Well, maybe they, they attempted with guardians. It was successful. And then they went too far with Ultron and then they're like, okay, dial it slightly back for right. Ant-Man. Well, and what I think, what I think <laughs> happened far, in Ultron was I think, one of the things that was eye-opening about Avengers that was really refreshing about Avengers was how funny Whedon's writing for those characters was. And I think he saw that worked and he just doubled down on it in Ultron and it was a little bit too much. But it, it's not so much that Ultron is the funniest movie and it shouldn't be. It's more like it tried to be funnier than it should have been and was a mistake. But that, that's all yeah. I was saying. I see. I I would argue, though, that humor has been in the DNA of the MCU since the beginning, because if you take away the 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 sci fi suit and the war uh, scenes and all that from Iron Man, what you have is a pretty billionaire genius playboy philanthropist. Yes, that. But uh, you also have basically there's some scenes that feel like they could be coming out of a screwball romantic comedy. Like the like uh, when he goes to the goes to his fundraiser and he dances with Pepper, and they have their moments. I mean, there is a lot of like charming, breezy humor going back to the original Iron Man. And a lot of that just comes from Downey's personality, like in general. 
Um, Absolutely. But yeah, but I mean, like, humor has always been a staple, and and you really saw it. Like, Avengers is great, but it's also a hilarious movie. Like, there are some great, great jokes in that, and they are uh-huh. jokes too. Like, it's not like 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 the whole. I understood that reference. The flying monkey is like all of that. Like, <laughs> that is funny stuff, and it's grounded in the characters, which is what makes it really, really work. But they're jokes too. So, uh-huh. so I'd say Ant Man. More than any of them, besides Guardians, I think, tried to be a comedy. And Ant-Man, you know, has had its whole tortured development. Ant-Man as a movie was in development before Iron Man. Uh, and it was going to be Edgar Wright for the longest time. And I still do wonder what the uh, alternate universe where Edgar Wright got to make his Ant-Man would have looked like. But I am very happy with the Ant-Man that we got too and Peyton Reed brought his own sensibility to it and you know he's direct a lot of great comedies as well so so yeah so I you know absolutely yeah you know all this though is like is great because this is kind of why we're we're going on this journey is you know these are the impressions that we've had from the small handful of times that we've seen these films maybe years ago at this point and you know we're gonna go back and see Hey, how does this stuff hold up? Is it really Ant-Man that was the funniest one? Is it really, was the humor really that misplaced in Age of Ultron? Is Age of Ultron actually a decent movie? What about Thor the Dark World? Who knows? But well, and we'll I, find out. Yeah, I think that's the interesting part. Like, I think I would argue that while I agree with Chris, I think that they didn't, they were building the formula with the first Iron Man, with the first Avengers, but they didn't actually know what the formula was and know that it was going to be a winner until Ant-Man. Yeah. I would say that throughout the time, and we're, we're going to get to watch these movies all one by one so we can really sort of double mm-hmm. down and see if I was right or not, um, or to see if, if Chris is correct here. But I think, in my opinion, the way I remember it is that they were figuring out the formula, but once they reached Ant-Man, once they reached Phase 3, Marvel was firing on all cylinders and in my eyes couldn't do wrong. From Phase <laughs> 3 on, that's when they were just like hitting it out I of agree. the park over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah, I agree. I kept waiting for them. Almost ridiculous. Yeah, I remember I kept waiting for those diminishing returns for no franchise can just keep getting better and then it did. Mm-hmm. And, it was... and then it kept <laughs> doing it. It was insane. Yeah, yeah see, for me, uh, it's like Phase 1, they were all fa- like they were making it up as they went along. And it worked. And what you got was from Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Iron, Iron Man 2, and uh, uh, Captain America and Avengers. For the most part, you had, like, with the exception of the two Iron Man movies, each one had a different director, different set of writers, all that. Um, and they all kind of brought their own thing to it. And you've got, you know, the the alchemy of whatever Iron Man was. Uh, like I, I don't even know how to describe it because it was actually it was so different from other superhero movies at the time. Uh, you've got Incredible Hulk, which is a Hulk movie. Uh, you, and you've got Thor, which it's part fish out of water story, part um, part Shakespearean grandeur, part sci-fi, all thrown into one. And you've got Captain America, which is a period piece. And then you've got Avengers, which takes these disparate things, puts them together and made a great movie uh, that just worked. Uh, And then, you know, people complain, oh, the Marvel movies, they're all they're all the same. They're all so formulaic. And I've never really bought that criticism personally. I do. I mean, there are certainly some similarities across a lot of them. Um, 
but everyone talks about the Marvel house style, but you've still got some experimentation in phase two. Uh, I, I mean, Iron Man three is a Shane black movie through and through, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a James Gunn movie through and through. Uh, Winter Soldier was, you know, a very different, like, techno, you know, political thriller. Um, Dark World is really the only one that I think is kind of generic uh, to me. And I still enjoy it, but it's it's probably my least favorite of them. Uh, and then you have Ultron, which just felt like the big, you know, the the big thing it was building to. Um, but that was also a time when you had Joss Whedon coming in and doing rewrites on every single movie to build up to Age of Ultron. And then Phase 3, they went back to just handing movies off to directors and saying, make the movie you want to make. And it worked really, really well. So that's how I see sort of the evolution of the three phases of the MCU. Now, I, I want to talk about our favorite MCU movies because I think it's going to be really important to talk about what we think they are in retrospect right now, the ones that we've watched a lot, and then to go back and watch the ones that we haven't watched a lot, to go rewatch some of the ones and see if we find any new ones, and to see if any of these lists change. I will go first, and I'll put myself out there. Um, these are in no particular order, but I will order them if you want me to. Um, I think my favorite Marvel movie, which I am the only person who has this on their list, is Black Panther. I think, and I will be like preaching this until we get to the episode and from the episode on, and I think I'll still feel this way after the episode, that it is the best Marvel movie because of what it does different and because of sort of what it means to me as a person. And we'll get more into what that what that is when we actually do the episode of the movie, but I think the movie was just so much, so powerful and so well done, and I think it was so um, so important for the time that I think it stands above all the others, but I wouldn't say that it's, um, I think it, it's because of what it does different that it, that, that makes it good, but also it has the DNA of a Marvel movie. Um, I also have on the list and these, the rest of these are in no particular order. I've got winter soldier, I've got Endgame, I've got Ant-Man and I've got guardians. I think all of those movies, um, specifically Ant-Man and guardians lean more towards my humor. And I think winter soldier and Endgame lean more towards, just fantastic writing um, and enjoying that, that, that beautiful narrative. Um, let's start with Robbie. Robbie, what are your top five Marvel movies? So I think it's interesting with the discussion we just had um, because I went to see Iron Man opening day. I was so excited for Iron Man. Iron Man was probably my second favorite superhero before the MCU. So the idea that we got to a point that Iron Man is not in my top five is astounding. Um, but my favorite is Infinity War. I really go back and forth, and my top two are Infinity War and Endgame. They were the culmination of this whole thing, and they just pulled it off better than I could have imagined. Um, I think the... I think I like Infinity War. It's got more Spider-Man. It's got more Doctor Strange. Um, and I think I just like the route the characters go on more in Infinity War than Endgame's really kind of personal connection to the original Avengers. Um, I think it's important that Endgame is that movie, uh, but I think that's why I like it a little less than Infinity War. But I love both. They're my two favorites. Um, third is Unoriginal. It's uh, Winter Soldier, which everyone loved when it happened. Um, it's uh, just so... It's just so cool to have a, a spy thriller, basically, that has Captain America. Um, that was not a thing I expected to see... Uh, I did like First Avenger, but I didn't expect to be blown away by any Captain America movies, and then I was. 
Um, then the original Avengers is my fourth movie. I remember there was a moment I leaned to my wife in the middle of that movie and I said, this is the movie I wanted my entire life and never thought would happen. I, I just, I think the moment that it hit me that the MCU was working was the fight with Loki in Germany when it's Iron Man versus versus Loki or, or, or Captain America versus Loki, then Iron Man comes in and then that's followed up by Thor running in, by the fight between the three of them. And then I remember they're on the aircraft carrier and I'm watching that. I'm like, no, they don't have the helicarrier in this movie, do they? And then it lifts up. And I just, I was actually seeing the Avengers on screen and I just was blown away. And my fifth is Guardians 2. I actually watched a video just today that I think did a great job of spelling out why Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is better than the first one. And I know I know, Chris agrees with me on that, but I know it's an unpopular opinion. But that movie does such a good job of handling the characters and handling the characters' growth, um, touching on abusive relationships, uh, fighting the idea of just guy should get the girl because, you know, there's still some, some problems between Quill and Gamora at the end of that movie, as there should be. It would not fit very well if he just got her despite being a douchebag the whole movie. Um, everyone's arc in that film is just beautiful. And I think the humor is better and I think Ego is a great villain. Um, but I will, I will, I will die on the hill defending Guardians 2 as being better than Guardians 1. I mean, don't, we will get there die. when we get to the, uh, when we get to the Guardians <laughs> movies, but I promise you I'm out there with my gloves out for the first Guardians. Chris, <laughs> um, I want to hear your five, but we also didn't get a chance to talk about uh the the your your mcu uh christening i, I guess i should say yeah uh, christening yeah uh well, your sound lordening <laughs> the main reason because well iron man came out the same summer as the dark knight and i was super excited for the dark knight i was huge into the nolan movies at that point um but i remember iron man i had heard about the shared universe stuff and how oh yeah tony uh robert denny jr is playing iron man in Iron Man, but he's also going to be in the Hulk movie later this summer. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Because I had been one of those people that's like, oh, you know, it'd be so cool if they did a Batman versus Superman movie someday. And I was wrong, but um, (laughs) (laughs) we all were, you know, I still think it would be cool someday if they could do that. Um, But (laughs) do it right. Uh, But yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. And I knew absolutely nothing about Iron Man going in. I recognized the character like oh that's iron man i didn't know if he was a robot i didn't know if he was uh uh i didn't know what he was um but that movie was getting great great reviews first of all great word of mouth um i remember roger ebert gave it four stars he gave dark knight and iron man both four stars that that year and i was like that's interesting i said if you you know not not that i always agree with roger ebert but i think he's he, he was a great film, you know, writer on film. And it's like, okay, yes. well, if you see something in it, then that's, that's, it's certainly worth checking out. And I loved it. I loved it so much. And it was so different from Dark Knight, which was what the, the thing in superhero movies was at that point was, oh, if we make it dark and realistic. And yeah, Iron Man had sort of a realistic tone, as realistic as it can be. Um, but it also opened the door for like, we are getting comic book movies now movies that fully embrace the wackiness of what comic books you know can do so kind of like robbie um oh well well just to kind of uh, uh 
do that out. I, I went and saw Incredible Hulk, and my favorite scene was when Tony Stark showed up. Uh, I saw Iron Man 2. I actually, uh, and I don't remember the reasons why. I think it was because I didn't have anyone to go with at this point, just um, because of where I was. Not, it was not like a lonely thing. I had like just moved to a new place <laughs> and didn't have friends that were also into these movies. So I just didn't make the effort to go see Thor and Captain America in theaters. Um, but I knew I wanted to see the Avengers. So I actually did see that alone, but I got from a red box um, like a, a, like the week before both Thor and Captain America and watch those and love them both. <laughs> and then I did see Avengers in theaters. And at that point, actually when Avengers was coming out, I introduced a few of my friends to the Marvel movies and now they are huge, huge Marvel fans as well. So then I had people to go to the movies with uh, and I didn't miss one in theaters that, uh, uh, from that point. And I have actually seen those two in theaters now because when Dark World came out, I went and saw the double feature of Thor and Dark World. And when Winter Soldier came out, I, I saw the double feature of Captain America and Winter Soldier. So I have seen every Marvel movie in theaters at this point. Most Can I interject with something that what you said made me think about? What's that? That I'm still sort of upset about to this day. Go ahead. We all used to work at this place, right? Uh-huh. And we all worked at this place that's mysterious, mm-hmm. right? We worked at this mysterious place. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll say we were all called, I don't know, skippers. Mm. And um, when I got there, right before I got there, everyone had been given a Marvel name and they were Skipper. That skipper Marvel Rocket. Name. You know what I got? I winter Nothing, because they stopped doing it after I got there. And I all the good upset. ones were taken anyway. I've yeah, always dude. been upset about it. I've always been upset about it. It's do you want to be? Do you want to be Skipper Lang? Kind of. All right. Yeah, I don't we'll think we had a Lang. We'll, you, we'll call you or Skipper Lang. Yeah, nobody knew about, like, nobody at that time really thought that Ant-Man was going to be a part of this universe. So I don't think there was, I mean, maybe we're wrong because there's a lot at this point. Yeah. But if there's no Skipper Lang, I mean, I think you should take it. I'll do the research. I think it's mine. I think I'm going to take it. Because at the time I was really upset because I was like, man, that's cool. I want to do that. I want to be somebody. Yeah, man, I was uh, I was Stark and... and uh, and you guys were what, Bucky and I Rocket? Was Bucky, Bucky I was slash Rocket. the Winter Skipper. Um, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember my, why I was Rocket, but my, my God, if anybody, my former girlfriend who I married also had that problem. Um, <laughs> did she? Was she? Did she not get the name? She did, did eventually. Name? Well, because this is okay. This is a side story. Um, this is getting personal now, but there was actually <laughs> one of one of the first. Like I, I had met her when she first started working there because I was her opening day orientation trainer. Uh, so I knew her from that, but then. Of that, I just kind of saw her at work, and I was like, oh, that's that cute girl I like, whatever. Um, one day, I was out in front of this place where we worked, and there was nothing going on, and she comes up to me and says, so you like nerdy things, right? And I was like, oh, God, she thinks I'm a nerd. This is never going to happen. <laughs> um, and I was like, She yeah, knows you're a nerd. Yeah. Um, she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, she goes, because I really like the Marvel movies. And I was like, oh, you do? And we, t- we talked about our mutual love of Captain America, actually. Um, and she said, and she's like, I really want a name. And I was like, oh, and she's a big fan of Peggy Carter, as am I. We'll get to that, you know, when we get to the, um, um, to my top five. Uh, but through this, I was able to procure the nickname since Peggy Carter was already taken. She got to be the other Carter. She got to be Sharon, a.k.a. Skipper 13. So, but that. And they really was like, pretty cool. We're scraping, scraping the bottle of the oh, barrel yeah. at that. Not, not to say that, that that Agent 13 or that Sharon Carter is that, but like. I wouldn't have even thought that Peggy Carter was taken. Like they really like oh, all yeah. of the really out. popular ones were like immediately dished out by um, the 
coordinator of that place we worked who referred to herself and other people refer to her as uh, Skipper Fury. So she was she was the one originally who was dishing out the names. And I don't there used to be a lot of rhyme and reason behind it. And then it was like and I'm not saying any of our stories are like this, but there used to be a lot of reasoning behind it. And then it was like, well, this one's not claimed. I'm taking it. And obviously we were fine with that because you were running out of names. But like there's a guy we worked with (laughs) named William who was like really, really timid and quiet. But he would like just blow up when he was like his anger boiled over and he couldn't be quiet and timid anymore. And he was just like about to punch babies situation. So he was uh, Skipper Banner and so on and so forth. Um, There was a guy who had like a full, a full movie accurate uh, cosplay piece of Captain America from uh, First Avenger. And so he obviously was (laughs) Skipper Steve Rogers. And so, so a lot of them in the beginning, like thematically made a lot of sense. I know we're continuing on this tangent, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Yeah. that's, that's why you, you started to see the ones that were like, why is there a skipper mystique? She's not even in the, (laughs) not even in the MCU. (laughs) Skipper guy that was playing Galaga. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Chris, what what is your top five? Oh, you know, you got a minute and a half. Not, not to try to, (laughs) please, please don't take this the wrong way. Um, but if Skipper Lang is taken, you always could be Skipper. I'm blanking on his name, but he tells all the fun stories in the Ant-Man movies. Yeah, yeah. What's, oh it's not, yeah. It's not Who is, just what's because you're Latino. I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, yeah, what's his name? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm, We're awful fans. Yeah, I'm either going to be that or name. Skipper Morales. Uh, okay, Michael Pena. You list your top Ant-Man. five and I'll look up this guy. Uh, oh, hang on. I already Googled Michael Pena Ant-Man. Um and it's Luis. <laughs> Luis. Luis. Yeah, you could be Skipper yeah. Luis if if if, there you go. if Lang is taken. Okay. I don't think honestly, even if it is taken at this point, who cares? Yeah. I'm Skipper Lang. Yeah, who cares? We're not we're not there anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone try to no take that. No one there away knows that you. the thing anyway anymore. Um, no, true. Okay, so for my top five, and I, as we've discussed on Squad Up, I'm terrible at ranking, so I'm cheating a little bit and putting mine in chronological order. And and Eduardo, just so you know. Black Panther was this close to making my top five. I really like. I appreciate. I that. like that movie a lot, um, and uh, but yeah. So going in chronological order, and again, I'm like Robbie. I'm surprised that you know at the if you told me at the beginning of this Iron Man would not be in my top five, I would have said what Iron Man's one of the best movies ever. But yeah, it's been surpassed so many times now. Um, but uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, and I love all the Captain America movies, and I am kind of almost limiting myself to like one per franchise here a little bit as well. Uh, but I love the first Avenger so much. I love the 1940s setting. Uh, I, lo- I love the character of Captain America. First of all, Steve Rogers uh, as Captain America uh, because of what he represents. Like he is a true hero. Um, I imagine Robbie, I won't put words in your mouth, but I bet that's probably kind of what you like about Peter Parker as well yes yeah yes um yeah because i think they're very similar in a lot of ways um but he is a man who just tries to do the right thing and he was like that before he was a super soldier and that is what made him the super soldier and what in you know that's why dr erskine picked him because of because he was a good man and um well when i get through my top five we'll talk a little bit more about that but uh you know just what he represents and then on kind of a meta level what he represents of what like the ideals of america you know what it should be aspiring to be i know people 
you know, I won't get too much into, you know, politics or anything, but you, America kind of as a culture likes to talk about itself as like, oh, greatest country in the world. America would definitely be the greatest country in the world if it was a country full of Steve Rogers, uh, you know, because he's looking out for the little guy. He stands up, you know, he, he believes, you know, he has strong ideals, strong convictions, and he will stand up against what is wrong. And that is why I love that character. And, and like I said, with first Avenger, I just, I, I love the setting of it. That's why, what I think pushes it. I love the random musical number uh, during the USO montage. Um, what does it say about me and, and me and peaches? If you and Robbie both like your characters because they're like good upstanding people and <laughs> peaches likes Iron Man. And he's like an alcoholic. And I like, I like Scott Lang and he's like a criminal. <laughs> Yeah, well, for a while, for a while, comic Iron Man was like a legit villain. Oh yeah. Hey, let me let me talk about why I like them on my turn. All right, all right it yeah. has nothing to do with alcoholism. <laughs> I'm just saying. What what is okay? No, no, no go ahead. Oh, yeah. We're gonna and, get too far. Into yeah, this. yeah, we're already. We got us. <laughs> we gotta get going. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to do a two parter again. Oh no! On our intro episode, <laughs> two part intro. You're just making work for yourself, Chris. Ah, damn it! Yeah. You're right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I love all the characters in Captain America. I think Red Skull is actually a really good villain. Um, Peggy Carter is amazing, and I have a big old crush on Haley Atwell. And I'm really upset we didn't get more Hugo Weaving. I yes. think. Yeah. yeah. I think Hugo Weaving is just so great. And as, as the Red Skuller, just as an actor mm-hmm. in general, and I'm upset we didn't yeah. get more. Tommy Lee Jones is someone that every time I watch a movie, it's like, oh, right, he's great in this uh, as well. <laughs> um, I'm not kissing you. Uh, you know, all of that. And, and it has the most heartbreaking ending, uh, like, like final shot of any of the uh, Marvel movies, I think. Well, up until maybe the most recent one. Um, although, uh, actually, they tie together very well. But when he wakes up in the modern day and Fury asks him, are you all right? And he goes, yeah, it's just I had a date and roll credits. And that gets me every single time. Like, it is, it's heartbreaking. Moving on. So I said Captain America, the first Avenger. Next, I'm going to say the first Avengers. Um, if only for what it pulled off. It pulled off what should have been impossible. Putting all these different movie, all these different characters from these different, I kind of alluded to it earlier, these different feeling movies, put them all together in one package that worked. That is, it has great action, um, great comedy. Uh, and again, comedy that comes from, the fun of putting these different characters together, um, which I think is what makes the MCU special is just knowing that any of these characters could show up in any of the other movies and knowing, you know, it started out going, Oh wow. Captain America and Iron Man in the same scene fighting Loki. And it's turned into, Oh yeah, there's a, uh, rocket raccoon is making fun of Ant-Man right now. Uh, you know, and that's <laughs> a thing that happens. And, you know, the fact that rocket was like front and center on the poster for Endgame just right that rocket raccoon is one of the most recognized marvel characters now like oh my god uh-huh. yes everyone knows who Groot. everyone who knows who thanos is and that was i remember when i first saw avengers the only reason i knew who thanos was was because the guy sitting in front of me in that end credit scene when thanos turned and smiled at the camera I went freaking thanos <laughs> 
I was like, <laughs> well, I know what to Google when I get home. <laughs> You know? I thought it was a random <laughs> scroll. I'm like, oh, scrolls. I didn't yeah. even recognize it as Thanos. Yeah. And, uh, and I did actually end up reading Infinity Gauntlet shortly after I saw Avengers. So I've, I, was re- I was ready for whenever we got to the Gauntlet storyline. I was ready. Um, but yeah, no, just the fact. And the fact that, you know, Avengers was a huge hit. And it was, uh, wasn't it the first movie to make $200 million in its first weekend or something like that? I think it was. Because Spider-Man so. was the first to break $100 million. Uh, Avengers was the first to break 200 million and then Endgame was the first to break 300 million which what and I think and I can't speak for this but I know people who who saw Avengers without having seen any of the other movies and it still worked for them too which what a crazy balancing act that was to be like this is the first in its own series like you don't have to have seen these other movies if you have great you've got the the research done but we are going to do such a good job of establishing who these characters are and where they are at this point in time and how they relate or don't relate to each other that you can enjoy this movie without having seen the rest. Uh, so, I mean, I just think that was a masterful, um, you know, work. Um, and I think Joss Whedon was absolutely the right person to make that movie as well. Um, so next moving along chronologically, um, and, and again, as I, I love winter soldier, I love civil war, I love Ant-Man, all those, but the next one I have is actually, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, because, and again, I love the first Guardians as well, but uh, Guardians 2, it is, first of all, absolutely hilarious. It is a very, very funny movie, as you would expect this movie uh, about space misfits to be. But it is also one of the most legitimately poignant and emotional movies in the Marvel canon. And absolutely. The, absolutely. Know, it ends, the final shot of that movie is... At a, at a funeral for, uh, you know, this kind of space pirate, basically, who redeemed himself in the end after being an a-hole for a movie and a half. It ends with Rocket Raccoon. It ends with a space raccoon crying as he's watching the fireworks at this funeral because he's realized that he does have a family and that even though he has been, you know, he doesn't have to be defined by his anger issues and everything and you know it, there are just so many deep moments with these characters that if you had told anyone 10 years ago that people would be like crying because of the raccoon in the tree uh they would have laughed at you but really those like it has such a great sincere emotional core and that is what i think you know it sums up when people talk about grounded superhero movies you know, I kind of roll my eyes at that now. I mean, you can have a grounded superhero movie and it can work like the, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Or you can try to make a grounded, serious version of the Fantastic Four for some reason. They're called or the Hancock. Fantastic Four. It doesn't need to be that serious. You know, you don't need to make it grounded <laughs> and gritty and realistic. But if you do ground the story in the characters and make sure that each character feels like a real being i won't say person because again we're talking about a raccoon here but if you are true to the emotional uh core of the characters then you can have a a ridiculous movie that still feel that still packs an emotional punch and i think that's what volume two does brilliantly um moving on uh the next one i have and i think a lot of you will disagree with me on this one apparently is thor ragnarok and just because that movie is funny as hell. Uh, I was totally fine with it being ridiculous. 
Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Taika Waititi and his work. And if you haven't seen what we do in the shadows, um, the movie or the TV show, highly recommend them both. Uh, the TV show just started like a couple months ago. It's, it's good, but the movie is, is great. It's hilarious. And it is very much, you can watch and go, yeah, this is the guy that made Thor. Um, but I thought that it found a really cool, uh, you know, it, the fact that it made Thor into a funny hero, but he still feels like Thor to me. Like, even though there is a lot of joking and stuff going on, he still feels like a new version of Thor. Kind of like it, it feels like he has grown. Um, I think Korg is one of the best characters in the MCU. Um, the visuals in that movie, people don't, don't appreciate it enough because first of all, um, everything that doesn't look like a heavy metal album cover in that movie looks like Jack Kirby drew it. And I love that, you know, it's very true to the comics in that way. Uh, you have Jeff Goldblum playing himself. Uh, and that's great. Um, it, true. Some of the best use of Led Zeppelin in any movie. And the fact that Led Zeppelin let them use Led Zeppelin because they never do that. Like they are like notoriously difficult to license, uh, to actually get their permission to license out their music for movies. And they allowed it for Thor Ragnarok, which I love. Mr. Uh, Zeppelin is a hard nut to crack. He is. He is indeed. Um, <laughs> please, please. Mr. Zeppelin is my father. Call me Led. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, I just really enjoy the, um, uh, you know, just the, the ridiculous comedy of it. The, the scene uh, where Thor fights Hulk um, is one of the funniest fight scenes, I think, in any movie ever uh it has all the the kind of callbacks that i love in a cinematic universe where they're calling back to things that happened in previous movies but as a joke i love that you know it's like rewarding like when he tries to do the lullaby black widow's lullaby hey big guy sun's getting real low and the music it's all serious um i was cracking up in my seat and i didn't think it'd get any funnier than that until hulk picked up Thor and started smashing him like a rag doll and Loki jumps up and goes, that's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just everything about that. And Loki's reaction to when he sees Hulk and goes, I have to get off this planet. Like all of it is just so good. Uh, so big fan of that movie. And then finally for number five, I have Endgame. It could have been Infinity War, um, but the finale of Endgame just meant so much to me uh, from, you know, having been a fan of these movies from the, the beginning, from when Iron Man came out and seeing how they paid off everything. Uh, they paid off things I didn't know I wanted paid off. Uh, things as small as the one line of dialogue that Hawkeye and Black Panther shared in Civil War. They call back to that in this, uh, where in Civil War, he goes, oh, we haven't met. I'm Clint. And T'Challa goes, I don't care. And then in uh, Endgame, when Hawkeye's trying to trying to get the gauntlet across and then T'Challa just stands up and goes, Clint, hand it to me. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, hey, they're, they're friends now. Um, it, it contains so many moments that I have been, and again, we know I'm a big Captain America fan. There were two things that I wanted out of this movie more than anything, and I got them both. And what I didn't know I wanted was I got them both at the same time, which was Captain America holding Mjolnir and Captain America saying Avengers assemble. I did not know that I needed him to call Mjolnir to his hand and then say assemble, but I <laughs> lost my mind. Uh, 
so uh, and, and then the, you know the ending uh very emotional and then of course the last shot uh where we see that steve and peggy got their dance that made me cry i mean i cried a lot in that movie <laughs> you know there are a lot of things that got me emotional in that movie and at the same time it is just a very good movie it rewards people who are fans of all the movies, but I think it works as its own story as well. And I do like that they kind of pared it down to the original Avengers and Ant-Man, Rocket, and Nebula. Uh, <laughs> which, again, just wild to me that that's a thing that we got. Um, but that movie just, you know, if it were the last Marvel movie, and I'm so glad it's not, but if it were, I would be 100% satisfied. I've, I've spoken enough. Don't don't say that to the world because the world might hear you. They might cancel Spider Man. They will cancel Spider Man. Peaches, I want to hear your top five. Um, I'm I'm historically bad at ranking things because I don't like to put anything like incredibly above anything else. I don't know how my feelings will change. But when I thought of the top five in the MCU, I thought of what were the movies that um, I don't really have any reservations about rewatching. What are the movies that they show up? And I will drop whatever the hell it is I'm doing to to watch them um, or are the most memorable, whatever it may be. Um, it turns out when I thought of it that way, I have the most white bread vanilla list of top five Marvel movies that you can possibly have. Um, oh, well, that's they're popular for a reason. So uh, in, again, chronological order and not necessarily in order of my favorite, uh, I've got Iron Man on the list. I put Iron Man on there because... Um, watching it in hindsight, uh, obviously you can't do anything about having hindsight, but watching it in hindsight, it, it just starts the MCU off so well. Um, it, it's a great origin story for Tony. Um, you see him start to become less selfish, but not completely unselfish in the first movie. And obviously as the MCU pans out, he does a complete 180 and turns into this selfless person that would die if he needed to, to protect the people that he loves. So I think it's just a great start. Um, and it did the MCU as a whole, right? It, it, if it weren't for Iron Man being successful, the whole thing might not have panned out. Um, maybe, maybe that shouldn't have to do with how much I enjoy it, but I do enjoy watching it every time. So, uh, it's a great film and I do love Tony, but I think most of my, I think most of my love for, uh, for Iron Man comes from the fact that I was granted the Skipper Stark nickname, to be completely honest. It was one of those, oh, I got Stark, so I guess I like this character a lot. And I just, you know, if that's how it started, whatever. So uh, next on the list, I have Avengers. Avengers did such a great job. You guys have already touched on this, of just putting all these characters together and doing something that nobody thought was possible. Um, I remember when Avengers was coming out, everybody had this, notion that we all seem to talk about all the time. How are all of these damn characters that all, all these actors and actresses that are big named and they probably want screen time. How are they going to work together and pull off a movie like this? And then we, we've been talking about Endgame too. Like, doesn't that feel weird to think about how we talked about that for Avengers and Endgame has happened? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It feels weird to me. Endgame is the movie where Michelle Pfeiffer right. showed up for one day to be in the background of one shot. Right. It's it's crazy that we even thought about this with Adven uh, with Avengers at the time. It made sense. But, you know, it's just it's oh, hey, <laughs> it's just it's such a fun movie. And and it pulled the series together really well. It started off what 
is an amazing uh, series. And, you know, it really got me hype for the MCU in general. So thanks, Avengers. Uh, next on my list, I've got Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, when I think about all of the movies that led up to Winter Soldier, was the first one where I felt things really picked up like fast. Like they went from zero to a hundred fast. A lot of the first movies up until winter soldier are origin stories. Um, and some of them are a little slower than others. You get to winter soldier. And as you said, it's this like spy movie that just works out really well as a captain America film. And there's so many moments in winter soldier that I just think about randomly from time to time. One of my favorite scenes in like all combined of the MCU movies is when Captain America steps into the elevator. This is why I referenced this at the beginning of this episode. And he asks everybody, before we get started, does anyone want to get out? That is such a cool fight scene. It's him being so him, and he just kicks everyone's ass in that elevator, and it's just so unexpected and cool. But I think, you know, that movie pulled off a lot because it really started taking things to the next level. I think Winter Soldier is also, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, where the soundtracks for the MCU really started also to pick up speed. A lot of a lot of people have a major complaint about the early MCU films that the soundtracks are really lacking and they they don't leave a lot up to imagination. They're kind of uh they're kind of white bread, you know? They they make you feel the way they want you to feel and that's it. And you know, I think it really started to pick up as the movies went on. Um I think Winter Soldier it might have started around that time. I might be thinking of the wrong movie, but anyway, moving on. The last two are both of the, uh, the Avengers uh, infinity war and Endgame saga as a whole. I have them both up there because they both make me feel a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they, they, they brought tears to my eyes. They brought smiles that I couldn't wipe away from my face. You know, both of these movies have tons of moments that are just so badass and fan servicey. And I too, when, you know, when Cap started fighting with Mjolnir in Endgame, I was like peeing. <laughs> I just, I, I, I didn't know what to do. It was so amazing. Like my jaws on the floor while I'm watching this scene, you know, both of those movies tell an incredible story broken up over the course of, you know, like six hours. Um, and I just, it all culminated in those movies It all, you know, it started with Iron Man and it, you know, I know we still have one more movie of phase three and then there's going to be another phase, but this whole story that started with Iron Man was just wrapped up so well in both of these movies. And I don't know how to pick which one I like more. So they're just both in there. Um, but like I said, I know that those movies are probably a lot of people's top five, perhaps. I mean, not all of you guys, uh, surprisingly, not really surprisingly, but I think I think I have a, a fairly boring list, but I don't care because I like those movies. Well, I mean... I believe all of yours were in at least one of our top five, except for Iron Man, which Chris and I both said was almost in our top five. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think mine, my list was the most different from everybody else's because of Black Panther and Ant-Man. But everything else looks... We did a lot of repeats and a, yeah. uh, a lot of them. Well, what I think is interesting is not a single movie that is on everyone's list. Endgame is. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. Endgame. Oh, yeah. Endgame is on everyone's okay. list. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I missed that. Yeah. That's the one movie that everybody can agree is, and maybe it's just recency bias, yeah, but that movie's be. like awesome. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think it's recency bias. I I want to see it again. Like, I've seen it twice, and I want to see it again. Yeah, I, I saw want it to willingly times. go to a three hour movie again. 
Um, it does, I think, depend very heavily on having been invested in the franchise to that point. But I do think it stands on its own as a fantastic movie. I don't think it's recency. I think it is outrageously well done. You know, I we were going to talk about what what sort of the how the series evolved and how where it's going to go, but we kind of touched on a lot of these points already. I do want to talk about now that we've sort of established a base. We've established our history with the comic books. We've established how we got into the movies. We've established which one of the movies are our favorites. I want to talk about what this show is going to be moving forward. Can I ask a question real quick? Just uh, as you mentioned the comic books. Did, yeah. uh, I know Robbie has already given his sort of credentials of that. Have either of you like as a result of the movies gotten into the comic books? Cause that is actually, that was my gateway to reading Marvel comics. No. And I will tell you why. <laughs> Because as you know from video games, I am a completionist. Oh God. If I start reading those comic books, it will be a lot of money and time that are gone. That that <laughs> just, is that was my biggest barrier. To, that was my biggest barrier to entry with comics was like I want to know everything. I want to read everything. Yeah, you have to accept you're not gonna read everything. Mm-hmm. I have read Can't almost every amazing Spider Man issue through about the first four decades. And that took, that's taken my whole life. Yeah. I don't accept non-completionism and you know that. I read (laughs) the, okay. uh, Let me recommend if it is something that you are interested in exploring. um, Marvel Unlimited is a great app for getting caught up on old comics. They have almost every Marvel comic up to six months ago. And like they add new ones every month. So after it's been released for six months, they add it to the app. And you can what's the price on that? I, I forget what the month there's a monthly price and a yearly price, and I think you can do a free trial. We are not too. sponsored by Marvel, no, we're not. Yeah, so we won't, <laughs> not yet. We can talk about it a little bit later if you want, but uh, um, but that is actually how I've read a lot of comics, and I used that actually, and that got me into buying comics, which I've sort of fallen out of and am planning on getting back into now that I'm not paying for a wedding anymore. Um, so uh, um, now that I'm almost done paying for a wedding, uh, it's more accurate but uh but that is actually a great way i was able to read you know how they have big events with lots of different tie-ins i read the entire original sin story from the original sin book itself the miniseries and every single tie-in i found a website that tells you exactly what order to read it in so that could actually be your way to scratch that completionist itch that you have if that's something you're interested in and i want to second something chris said earlier at least at the very least read infinity gauntlet because it is a fantastic crossover event that really really stands out stands up better than you'll find most comic books do you know it's interesting i've only really read dc comics and it's because i can't start a comic not at issue one and dc has re-rolled their comic universe so many times mm-hmm. that i'm always able to start at one every couple of years <laughs> that's true whereas that's in like spider-man what happened in 1964 is still relevant right yeah. and i i don't know if i can commit like that i don't think i could commit to that well marvel uh, has started renumbering a lot of times too. they'll be like oh this is yes. our second number one yeah they just they one. just re- renumbered amazing like last year yeah yeah, but then they'll yeah, also, I, I think they even started doing dual numbers. It's like, well, this is number one of this story arc, but it's number 700 yes. of that. Yeah, they're doing that right now with the current run in Amazing Spider-Man, and that's yeah. part of why I haven't read it. I have a headache just thinking about it. Yeah, that. it's it's kind of... It's intimidating. <laughs> you, just, you really have to accept 
Just read what you feel like. You don't have to read everything. Mm-hmm. So I've tried some of these some of these comic reading apps, and I have it like an iPhone eight plus, and we're like getting real far mm-hmm. here in the, in the, this discussion. Yeah. But I have an iPhone eight plus, and I've tried a few of these apps, and I find it's not that pleasurable of a reading. Experience. It's much better on a tablet. I do it all on an yeah. iPad. So you should ask for an I iPad for your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I see uh, Robbie has some insider information because that is my request for my birthday, wife. If you are listening to this, which I know you will. You know what I want. <laughs> Give me what I want. You're the one that you I want. guaranteed that you're not getting that, I think. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, oh, so I want to talk about what's going to happen with the future of this show. Because we we have a pretty decent timeline and blueprint of what we want to do and what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be going um, an episode a week. We're going to do um, each movie. Um, I think I've decided I really like having the four of us on here as much as we can. So we're going to try to do that. And we're going to try to have the four of us on as much as we can. Every once in a while, we're going to sub um, one of us out. And we're going to have you know a random guest uh, sort of come in and, and sort of take... Um, maybe they're an expert in the field. Maybe they're a really big fan of that movie. And one of us will take a day off. Um, but we're going to sort of sub in and out. We will all always be here for every Avengers movie, every team up movie. We're always going to be here. I think we agree that includes civil war because that's basically just an Avengers movie with a different name. <laughs> um, and I think um, the format for the show moving forward is we're going to talk about things like what our favorite quotes are. We are going to talk about things like, um, what what our relationship is with the characters. And there are a few of us here that have um, some really deep feelings. Chris has already touched on how he absolutely loves Captain America. Um, both Robbie and Zach each love uh, Iron Man and Spider-Man. I'm a big... Uh... Already is the Z word. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. Oh, we're so... <laughs> we were so, so close. close. We were so <laughs> We were so close. Man, episode we one. So Just... it's, even, it's episode zero. Now... Now my villains, now all of my villains and greatest enemies will know about my family. Dang Way it. to go. And pretty soon they'll know where you are. This were, is the Sam we Raimi podcast. They're just going to reveal you every episode, Peaches. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry. Um, they will decide to ignore it that they saw your face. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what you guys just said because... Uh, the audio went like dead for a second. So, if you said words to hurt me, I didn't even. Everybody hear was that. actually okay. really encouraging to you. Yeah. Did you hear my fantastic Sam Raimi oh. joke? That's what matters. Damn it, he didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't hear any of it. No. <laughs> well, I gotta listen to the episode well, now. Oh well. Be like, be like peaches and listen to this episode all the way through. If you're already here, you you did. Well, so thank well. you for whoever's here right now. Um, I think that's as much as we have. Um, for this episode, unless there's anything else anybody wants to touch on before we go. Uh, no, I, I'm excited to to do this journey and uh, watch some movies and see if our feelings on them hold up over time. It's going to be a cool, cool adventure. And the most exciting part about this whole thing is you, the listener listening at home, can watch the movies along with us. You can watch them. We're going to be watching them in chronological order. We're going to be doing Iron Man starting next week. Um, Sunday, twitch.tv slash Eduardo. We're going to be on there. We're going to be recording a live episode um, and we're going to be putting out the episode a little later that week. So um, you have the next week to watch the first Iron Man again and then we're going to start this journey together and go through. Um, and so I want to thank everybody for being here. Robbie, uh, Chris, uh, Peaches. Um. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Super um, Peaches, actually. For this, for this, I'll be Super, super Peaches. So uh, you can follow Chris over at PhilKid3 no, on Twitter. Robbie. 
Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Ravi over at Phil Kid Three, Chris Gator Sacks. Is it just Gator Sacks? 2010. Gator Sacks 2010. D underscore Peaches and at ABCD Eduardo One. Um, that's gonna do it for me, myself, uh, me, myself, and I. Uh, it's gonna do it for me, Peaches, Robbie, and Chris. Um, bye, everybody, and we'll see you next time when we watch Iron Man. See you, everybody. Chelsea. That's the magic of uh, of the Sound Lord is I can just make bad things disappear Whoa. and then make them pop up later when I want to use them against you. Like big tariffs. <laughs>